Hey everyone, so if you didn't know this about me, I love automations. And that's exactly what this episode is about. More specifically, Michael Tro and I talked about workflow rules within CRM. And I love automations because the whole point of them is to remove manual work, right? They, they make your life, your job, your work easier because things happen, obviously, automatically. But we all know this, we all get this, but typically within most software, automations are one of the most underused things that there are. And I don't know if this is because they're intimidating. I think some of it is because we also don't always think of all the ways we could automate things. So I hope this episode is going to help with that. Michael and I um, both talk about examples of how we use workflow rules to automate things like emails and tasks and notifications within CRM. Um, So we talk about some examples, not only in sales and marketing, but even how if you use CRM for any sort of um, operations like product fulfillment, service fulfillment, um, we actually talk about some of those examples as well. And then I think more importantly, we actually give you a walkthrough of how to set up and use workflow rules in CRM. We walk through kind of the anatomy of a workflow rule. Uh, What does it mean to choose when? What does it mean to choose conditions? What are the different actions that you have? Like what can workflow rules ultimately do? So this is a great overview if you're looking to automate more things in your world when it comes to CRM and kind of walk you through how to use workflow rules specifically. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Zoho My Business podcast. I'm Mark Straniglia, and on my journey to building a million-dollar business, Zoho and using software efficiently was one of the keys to my success. Whether you're a business owner or employee using Zoho in your business, this podcast is for you. My goal is to make Zoho easier to use and easier to apply to your specific business so that you can be more productive and more profitable. All right, hey guys, so I'm here with Michael Tro, and we're going to talk about workflow rules and, and automations and CRM. Uh, Mike, I I use a lot of these. I'm sure you use a lot of them for yourself with clients as well, right? Yeah, hey Mark. I mean, it's always a good idea just to come and talk about some of the core features of Zoho. It's such a feature-rich solution that you can get kind of lost in the options available to you and go down a rabbit hole of shiny object syndrome. But, you know, when we're ultimately talking about what does a CRM, a customer relationship management system, do for us is to help us get and keep clients, right? And so if we take that precedent, then helping having the system work for us rather than the other way around is just one part of helping us have a successful adoption and use of this tool. So workflow automation, workflow rules, that's really a, a large part of it to take out some of those common actions, day-to-day steps, you know, and have the system do it for you and or to help you collaborate as a team. So let's, so I mean, let's, let, let's dive into, you know, what I think is the, the main feature of what CRM designates automations, because there's, there's a lot of different kinds of automations that we can talk about, but, but I think the, the, the headliner is what they call workflow rules. And what I kind of want to do uh, for the listeners today, I want to kind of walk them through, I, I want to do a walkthrough of workflow rules. I want to talk to them about um, how to use this, you know, what types of situations they're going to want to use it in and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I've got it up on my screen here. Um, I, I obviously I know everyone out there is just listening. Um, but uh, if anybody is on their computer while they're listening to this episode, 
you just want to click on that gear wheel on the top right in CRM and uh, uh, click on workflow rules under automation. And um, but but my, Michael, let, let me kind of I mean, let, let's give them an overview and I'll kind of start and then and you you pop in and give some filler. But essentially what you're doing with workflow rules is you're choosing a module within within and within that module and so for, so modules for everyone out there again that's things like um, activities leads deals contacts okay all of those things at the top of your CRM menu are modules but you're going to choose a module and you're going to set up some criteria when certain things happen like when a record's created or a record's edited and then that's going to trigger certain automations and those automations can be things like automatically creating a task automatically sending an email i think there's a few others as well um mm -hmm. but yeah, you can do field updates you can do and then you go into custom development where it's calling webhooks or doing custom functions to perform more advanced things or to help bridge the gap um something specific you may require so, so let's talk about some examples. What, 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 are, what are a couple of examples either where, where you set up workflow rules for yourself or maybe for your clients and I'll share a couple as well and we'll kind of get the wheels turning for the listeners. Right, so the very basic level. So when we do a quote and, and we're doing someone who's got an implementation, we'll include three workflow rules, right? Just as a standard because there's always three, right? There's three common points. And if we're normally doing like pre-sales and opportunity management as like the core part of the setup, then we're going to say when a lead is created, you're going to want something to happen. Right? You're going to want a notification to happen internally. So if you've got like a web form filling out and auto-populating your CRM with a record, then you're going to want someone internally to know that that's happened so they can action it. You're going to want an email to probably go also to the person, the lead who submitted the form. And you're more than likely going to want kind of other things like a field update to log the lead status as to contact or something like that. So that'd be the first workflow rule. Then normally there's at least one other catalytical moment in the process, but there'll be something similar. Um, so normally the lead conversion or if you're doing a demo or, you know, when there's a proposal going out, there's normally something required halfway through the sales process um, to help tie things up and make sure you're not missing things and things are falling through the gap. It may even be like date related, like three yeah. days after my uh, proposal is sent, have me a task so I follow up in three days and don't forget about it. And the last thing would be when a deal is closed, one, you're always going to want some actions on that, whether it's notifications, emails, internal, external, or at least updating the account record to do a field update to log that account as now a customer or client. As opposed yeah, to no, right. That, that that's what we use too. Exactly. So, uh, uh, it's a great example. So, some people call it opportunity. Some people call it deals. Uh, we call it deals. Um, but when you when a deal closes, you know, we we use a workflow rule to, like you said, um, uh, make the uh, account or the contact, or, or in this case, both for us, the account and the contact. Uh, we we have a field uh, called type. So like what kind, what type of account are they or what type of uh, client, uh, con, uh, what type of contact are they? <laughs> and, they uh, and we use a workflow rule to have that field automatically change to client uh, when, when a deal closed. That's a really great example. Let's, let, let, let's jump back to, to the beginning of the sales process because I, I think, and, and, I, and, and for anyone out there that's using CRM for, uh, 
post sales as well. So operations and things like that. Um, I do that as well. And so I'll, I'll give some thoughts there later in the episode, but let's, let's focus on sales and marketing for the moment. Cause that's what, you know, almost everyone's doing both those activities and CRM. So let, let's go back to the beginning of the marketing process. You know, you brought up the example of a web form. Um, that's actually interesting to me because usually uh, in my experience, uh, whatever I'm using to create a web form, whatever like software I'm using for forms, oftentimes that's going to generate an, uh, um, like an email to the person that filled out the form. Oftentimes that's going to generate an email to whomever within my company needs to know that a form was filled out. Um, so what are, what are some reasons or thoughts that you could share on why it might be better to generate emails and notifications around forms through workflow rules, maybe instead of mm-hmm. kind of whatever native functionality a, a form has? I mean, one, there's probably a couple that come to the front of mind. One would be consolidation. So you know where to look. So if you want to change things or anything, you don't have to start going through, well, where is this set up? Is it in the web form or on the website or is it in CRM? The more that's done in CRM, the easier it is to manage all this um, stuff and for everybody to know where it is. The second would be for visibility. Um, so especially when we're talking emails, sure, you can do email integrations like IMAP to automatically bring emails and associate them to leads. Um, but there are some benefits around again, having it sent from the CRM. Um, So it's definitely in there. It's logged as part of the chronological order of actions and activity and events that happen with that lead. So you can see everything in a chronological order. And also CRM does track emails to get sent. So you can start to measure performance, make sure they're sent. That's a good point. Yeah. So like like did they, you know, so you have an automated email that goes out when someone fills out a form well, if it's, if it's sent from CRM using a workflow rule, now you can know if that email was open. And, and theoretically, I mean, if you use, you know, if you use your mail, um, like your email marketing provider, whether that be campaigns or MailChimp or Constant Contact, if you're setting up your automated emails in there, then you can do something similar. But I think, I think honestly, you make a really good point. It actually has me thinking about my own processes. Um, I love, I love the idea of just being able to know everything's in one place, right? Because I'm already thinking about how uh, users of CRM um, are going to, in the long run, want to send up even set up even more and more email automation. You know, you brought up earlier how maybe somebody um, ha- has a workflow rule to once they send out a proposal, it causes the deal stage to change or something like that. Well, maybe there's also an email notification that you want to be sent out to the client or to a manager or to whomever. Um, and, and, uh, you know, to think through the idea of, okay, I've got all my automations in one place. I've got all the, the, uh, cause to make sure people know this, when we talk about like an email automation, uh, to actually edit those emails would also be in CRM. So not only could you have these automations in CRM, but you could actually have the, like the content of the email in CRM. Um, so, so that, that's, that's a good point. Let's, let, let's think about some other areas of, of, of usage. Um, kind of in the sales process, what are, what are some other ones you've talked about or maybe do for yourself or do for clients specifically? So there's kind of, okay, the creation of a lead, somebody fills out a form, maybe there's some email notifications, maybe there's a, uh, a pop-up notification. Um, that, you know, that's one we didn't mention. You, know, you can also get a little pop-up message at the bottom of CRM. Um, but what are, what, you know, what are some of the, in the sales and marketing process, what are some other places that you see um, workflow rules come in handy? 
So rightly or wrongly, I tend to break it into like two levels of basic and advanced, right? And that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean like by complication. It just means by what are we trying to achieve or using it for. So when we think about basic, we tend to have conversations with people around, what are you doing? Like you're doing stuff right now, or if we're treating the CRM as a strategy enabler, what are you doing or needing to do? Let's see where automation can uh, facilitate that and help improve your efficiency and results, right? So then if we're looking at basic things, it's like the amount of people that have email templates, right? So sometimes you've got a few salespeople on the team. It's not uncommon for a couple of those people to have their own independent email template set up because they just know they commonly send out the same emails. So they want to have a template set up to send it out. You might, as a standardized process, send out the same email. So again, if you're doing a demo or trying to get someone to book a meeting as part of the process, there is what are the steps that go from lead inception to lead conversion? There's probably going to be, we would hope, some standardized steps in that. And it's normally around email. So it's you know what emails can be sent internally or externally. What are we templating? What are we doing manually that this can... Again, Zoho can take the workload off of our plate and do it for us. Then, you know, the more advanced stuff would be, well, what are we trying to do with like data integrity? What are we trying to do with reports? What are we trying to do with, you know, making sure our sales are being effective when things aren't dropping through? So that starts leading into, you know, data validation, field updates, consistency of entry, date-related actions, So again, as I mentioned before, like that's a real common one where we want to tell you, we want you as a salesperson, especially just to log in and go, who am I supposed to call today? Who am I? I don't need to think about this. I want the system to tell me who to call with. So we've got automated tasks set up to say, hey, this lead was created five days ago and nothing's happened to it. Right. Give them a call. Right. So you create a workflow rule that says, you know, create a task five days since you know, creation date, you know, and, and uh, you know, you probably want to place some sort of condition on there. Whereas, you know, okay, five days if they haven't been contacted. Right. So now the question is, well, how do you know if they've been contacted and, you know, but there's, there's all sorts of ways you could do that. You know, if you, um, if you use, if you use activities in CRM, if you use calls and leads and things like that, you potentially could, use that to say, okay, well, they haven't been called in five days, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we want. We, if, you, if anybody's looking at Zoho right now, like when you go to leads and you're just looking at all leads, you'll see on the left-hand column, there's a color coding system, which is your tasks. Red is overdue, yellow is due today, and green means it's due in the future. When I'm looking at my lists and consolidating my list based on priority, so leads by status, by date, so I've got a nice list. I just want to see green. I want to know well, that these are all taken care of. And in the future, the system's going to tell me today, call Bob. Yeah, and th- I, I, don't- think, I think tying this to tax is a really great point. We, we've talked a little bit about how emails is one of the things you can automate through workflow rules. I mean, honestly, for me at, at, at Spotlight Branding, um, we use workflow rules to automate the creation of tasks more than anything else. And, you know, honestly, one of the big ones, and granted, you could use blueprints for what I'm about to say as well. And we'll do a separate episode on that. So, you know, if you're not using blueprints yet, don't worry about it, you know, you know, take our advice um, here. But 
one of the obvious ones is when a, when you create a new lead in CRM is creating the follow-up task or tasks, plural, if there's yeah. more than one, you know, um, our process is I think that we follow up with every lead, I think seven to eight times over the first 30 days. So when that lead gets created, like I said, I think we use blueprints now, but when we first started, we used workflow rules and workflow rules would create immediately like seven tasks spread out over 30 days. And it would- So that's, that is a good example of one that goes between basic and advanced in my mind of what an automation is. So one of the automated actions, if you're looking at creating a workflow rule right now, you'll see instant actions, or if you're in the enterprise edition of CRM, you'll see scheduled actions. Scheduled actions are things that you can predefine to happen minutes, hours, or days in the future, right? So if you, a good example, a common example is deal closed one, we've just signed this deal with someone. Common courtesy from an account management perspective, depending on who you are and what you do, but generally speaking, follow up in X days, weeks, months, just to make sure they're okay and happy, right? good post-sale steps to take. So a scheduled action would be when the deal is closed one, X days in the future, schedule this task and or send this email to check in with this new client. Yeah, and that, right? and that, and that brings up a, a good point too. I, you know, let, let's transition here in a moment because I, I think what I want to I want to do is I want to talk about the anatomy of a workflow rule because I think that'll be really helpful for everyone listening, right? Because even in that right. example you just gave, the key between an instant action and a scheduled action is, is, is whether or not you want that task to be created now or not, because you could do an instant action to create a task now that is due in two weeks. But if, right, you, exactly. schedule, if you do a scheduled action, that task won't even be created until two weeks from now. So that, that's actually a good differentiation that I think we can make for everyone. So let, let's do this. Um, and again, I'm break it down real simple, as simple yeah. as I can. So Mark, you tell me when I don't become or become over complex here, but this is the anatomy of a workflow role. And this is where a lot of people do get, they get excited and then they just start deploying and yeah, you know, heed some warning here because especially when we're talking emails, client facing emails, we've got to be a little bit careful that we're not doing something that I have seen far too often for my liking. So when you go into create a workflow rule, as Mark said a few minutes ago, it is module specific. Sure, advanced, we can go beyond that. But when you go and you're selecting the module you want to know is going to trigger this action. So when, it, let's use leads as an example. So lead, and then you select leads, and then you're going to go, what, when do I want this action to happen? What is the time that's going to happen? It's when a record is created, edited, or on a date time field. Right. And I've got, and, and just so everyone, I mean, I'm, I've got it up on my screen right now. I mean, it's very, what Michael's saying, you, you literally, you, you open it. And the first thing it asks you is when, and you've got some boxes you check off where you just say, all right, when, when, when a record is created. So like, for example, I'm, I've, I've got a test up right now and I'm, I'm using the deals or opportunities module, right? So I could say when a deal's created, when a deal's edited, or I could say, um, you know, a date and time. Now, date and time is interesting. Now, let's talk about that real quick because you have a few options, right? So just so everyone's tracking, we're, t- we're starting with the when. We haven't even got to the, well, what happens, right? Is Does a task get created? Does an email get sent? First thing we got to decide is when does this happen? Um, so there's a few different options within date and time, right? Can you elaborate on that? 
So essentially, the first thing you're going to do is pick on, you just got to know what that means. So it means you're using or selecting a date or time field to trigger this action. And so let's say you've got created time. So one of the most commonly removed fields is created by, because people think I don't need to know who created this. That actually also includes a date timestamp generated by the system for when that record is created. So it's kind of an important one. So don't remove that. If you have, add it back. But then, so if we use created time, so if we say, well, when, you know, I could do this when a lead is created, but I'm actually going to do it on the date time of that created date. And so when do I want that to be? I selected the field, created date, last activity date, custom date field, whatever it is, meeting date, for example. Um, what do I want it to do? Do I want it to be on it or X days before or after that? Of course, if we're talking created, it has to be on or X days after it. Well, what would, real quick, Michael, what would be the reason to use, you know, the example you're giving, you're using basically the created time. Mm -hmm. what, what would be the benefit of, of doing that versus just saying when the record's created, right? So we said you've got two options here, you know, uh, when the record is created or this whole idea of using a date and time field. So if I'm using the created date field, why, why might I choose to do that? It does have a little bit of an impact. Maybe on create is not such a great example, but it does have a little bit of an impact of what you want the behavior to be. I don't want to get too confusing because this is audio, but you know, if think about it, if we're, if we've setting up a series of actions, especially tasks, do we want, or emails, do we want those all to happen instantly so tasks do i want to see all those tasks created or conversely do i want them to happen when they're supposed to be due do i want them to be created down the road so they just populate when i need them to some people don't want to be overwhelmed by the fact that they've got five tasks suddenly created sometimes they also want that to be conditional so they only want the tasks to be the subscription subsequent tasks or emails to only happen if the condition's still met. So like if a lead hasn't been followed up with, they want these tasks to happen. If it has been followed up with, so to say lead status is now contacted, yeah. please don't send these emails. So I think so, I, I think I think that so I think what you're getting at here, and let me let me try to kind of add my, you know, my two cents to it. What people should understand about this when level, like the like and like literally this will be on your screen like it says when. Right. It's the first thing you're answering. Think of it this way. The when is is literally when this workflow rule will run. Mm -hmm. OK, so. If you. Let, let, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, let's let's say you have a lead that gets created and what you're trying to do. And this is where we get kind of fancy. Let's say you're trying to say, you know what, in 30 days. If their lead status is still, you know, haven't had a sales call yet or something like that, right? We start playing off status. Um, and you're trying to say, yeah, you know, if in 30 days that status hasn't changed or improved, I want a certain thing to happen. Well, what you're really saying is I don't want this workflow rule to run yep. for until 30 days from now. That's and awesome. so when you choose a date and time, one of the options you have is to tell it, to run a day after whatever date field you're going to use, which in this case we're saying could be the created created time field. 
So you can actually have this workflow rule not even run for 30 days. Exactly. And that's right. that's what that's an exercise I take with people quite a lot is what does this tell you? What does this say to you? If you literally say the steps, then you can help you understand it. One big fundamental difference between choosing on a record action or on a daytime action for when is on a record action, that generally means human interaction. Right, someone has to do something to trigger it. They've got to create edit a record, that, or they've got, got to edit, edit it. A record. Yeah. So on a date time, that feels already populated, right? Nope. And then that's going to trigger it. So that's the big sort of core difference around, other than around like what that might be useful for in terms of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. The other, the other one, the other opportunity that I, I, I think that the date time, uh, feel uh, or when is helpful is uh, when you want to create something that recurs. Um, so if you want to have a, a task get created or an email happen, or we'll talk about all the all, like the actual actions you can have here in a minute because email and tasks are not the only two. There's a few more and we'll get to them. Um, but, but if you want something to happen, you know, every month or every, every year, um, you know, then you're going to choose a, again, a date field. Um, and there's, you, know, you can, you know, and you, and you can, by the way, it's important. Everyone knows, like you could create your own date field if you wanted to like, so, you, you know, you could create birthday for somebody and then every, we actually do this. We, every year on their birthday. So the, when is the birthday, um, field, right. Um, every year we have a, you know, an automatic birthday email go out or, or I think for a while we had a task created for an account manager to send a birthday gift. And we actually had that happen. I think like seven days before the birthday, right? So that they had time, you know, to send it out. So um, let's keep the ball rolling here just for the sake of time. So the only thing I'd love to mention on, if we're choosing on a record action for when, there's two things to be uh, mindful of. One of the actions you can do with leads is automatically convert a lead. That will only happen if you choose edit, right? It's not available if you create it because what's the point of creating a lead just to convert it? So the system won't allow it. The second thing is for any module, when you select edit or create or edit as the when on a record action, be very mindful of checking the box that says, repeat this workflow whenever a lead is edited. People think that is means something it doesn't. What that actually means, and it can be very detrimental, is any time a record is edited and the conditions you select next are, are met, the workflow rule will trigger. This is when I have seen emails being sent to the client accidentally time and time again, because they've got an email going out saying, hey, thanks for reaching out to us or submitting our leave form. They've checked that box and it happens every single time that email yeah. goes out, every time that record is edited. So only select that box if you want it to happen every time. Right, right. So just to give a real life example of that. So, I mean, if I have a if I have like a welcome email that goes out to somebody or a task that gets created for a salesperson, uh, when a lead, when a lead gets created, if I, if I end up choosing um, not just created, but created or edited, and I then have it recur every time, what I'm basically saying is that every time that lead is edited, because remember, we're talking about what everyone needs to understand here is the when is when does this workflow, workflow rule run? So, so like if I set that up incorrectly, 
let's say a salesperson goes in and just modifies the lead's address or phone number. Well, all of a sudden that workflow rule runs and the task gets created again or the email gets sent again, right? Yep. So um, yeah, there's pretty rare situations where you're going to want a workflow rule to run every single time, um, every time a record's edited. So that's a really good point. Let's, um, okay, so first thing you do is answer your when. The only thing we didn't talk about is scoring. You can also have a workflow rule, rule run if you're using uh, like lead scoring or contact scoring, um, which is a whole separate conversation. But if the score goes up, the score goes down, you can potentially have a workflow rule run. So the first thing you're answering is, when do I want this whole process to start? When do I want it to run? The second question you're going to answer is, what are my conditions? What are my criteria? Right? Because there might be certain um, times you don't want this to run and times that, you know, you do. So conditions are where you're going to choose typically fields and say, okay, when, when this field is this or is not this. Uh, so, so Michael, what are, what are some examples here of where conditions are going to help somebody? Yeah. So the first option is, you know, do you want it to run for all, all records in that module? So all leads, you know, so if a record is no matter if, when is when a record is created, I want the owner to become this person, this user. I want that to happen for all leads regardless, right? That's just our standard flow. No matter who creates it, how it's created, I want it to be assigned to this person. So I want it to be done for all leads. More commonly, you're going to use a condition, which would be, you know, again, who do we want this to happen for? So we selected when. Now we want it. It's like, well, who do we want to be the beneficiary of this workflow rule and action. So it's going to be commonly lead status is used more often than not to be in the leads module for lead automation. So when lead status is contacted, we want certain things to happen. We want it to be emails, tasks, whatever it may be. So it's just, it's just going to be whatever you want to filter or yeah. ensure that you only want certain records to be um, included in this. So I'll, let me give a couple of examples of how we use this. So I think, you know, the big one for me is, is with deals and opportunities. So we talked earlier, you know, you talked about how, you know, you might want certain actions to happen when uh, an opportunity or a deal is won. So, um, you know, the, your when, there, there, for your when, there is no when the deal is won. <laughs> You, know, you can do it to be when the deal, the stage is edited. I don't really like doing that. I tend to do what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, yeah don't go there. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be when, you know, the, the, the deal's edited to meet a condition. Right. And then your condition is going to be the, the stage of the deal or opportunity is, is closed one. Right. right. Um, you might have a situation. I'll give two more examples. Let's go back with leads. Right. You might have a lead come in and you might want to have different automations run depending on maybe the you know, you brought up lead status. It could even be lead source. You right. know, when a lead comes from from this marketing campaign, I want these tasks to be created or I want these emails to be generated. I want these actions to happen. But when it's this other marketing campaign, I want a different process to happen. And, and so 
you're going to have two workflow rules in that case, right? You're going to have... Both. No, let's, let's actually follow that through because now with multiple okay. conditions, it's actually better to do it all in one workflow rule. So that's a good example. So Mark gave the example of lead source. Let's also include industry. So if you've got slightly different wording for an email that you want to be sent out to the recipient based that's more targeted based on where they came from or what industry they're in, we can apply that. So condition one would be when leads matching certain conditions, number one is lead source is um, ad campaign for whatever, um, for lead source equals X. Then we want the next step, the action is going to be the emails or tasks that happen. Condition two, so conversely, if lead source equals Y, I want this stuff to happen. So you can do it all within the same workflow rule and map out that very specific. Yeah, but you can't create process. different actions for different conditions. You'd have to create a second workflow rule. Okay. Right. No, you can. Oh, do tell. I'm learning something here today. <laughs> um, am I, it's been so long since I've done it. But yeah, so if you wanted to do the lead source um, is one, then you've got instant actions that you can deploy just for that. When you've configured it and say, yes, I want you know, this task and or this email to happen, which is now notify. Um, then it's going to prop up a pop up a option to select another condition. That would be condition two. And it'll ask you, do you want to clone the first condition if you've got multiple um, criteria? And then you can deploy separate all right. Um, actions to that. They brought this out not that long ago. Since you That's deployed. why I didn't know. All right. So, so if it ain't broke, everybody, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But one of the reasons Zoho did this is that because there is a limitation to the number of workflow rules you can have. That's so it point. used to be a measly 20 per module. Um, they then increased that to 30 and now it's 50. That's still not enough. So somewhere in amongst that, they brought out conditions to help us consolidate it. So like we talked about earlier about consolidating automations and actions into one tool where possible. Yeah. Now we're consolidating things into one workflow rule. So it's like, this is everything I want to happen. So you can have 10 conditions per workflow rule. So that seemingly actually in multiplies your number of workflow automations by tenfold. So before you just had 50. So where Mark was saying on lead status equals X, I have this workflow rule, then I'm going to create a whole separate workflow rule for when lead status equals Y, that's two of my 50. Now you can do that all in one. So you get 500 opportunities right. for workflow automation. So for the listeners, take your pick. Um, um, right. But, it, but, it, but if, you've got, if you've got kind of different conditions that need to lead to different actions, Looks like you could actually create that in one workflow rule if you want, or if you if that seems confusing at all and you're not creating a ton of these, you could just do it separately. And Always you do it separately if you're not sure. And by the way, you know, pro tip here: um, if you have a workflow rule um, that is really close to, like, you're going to create another one that's very similar, you can duplicate it. Exactly. Right. You can duplicate it and then just go in and make the changes. So. So just for the sake of time, let, let's, let's move on now from conditions. Um, well, I was going to give one more example, and then we're going to move on to action. So, um, and I mentioned earlier, I would talk about how to use this beyond marketing and sales. So my operations team uses this to actually fulfill 
our client services. Now, you know, this example is kind of unique to us because our clients are being given a monthly service. They're being given, you know, a monthly, monthly blog, a monthly newsletter, but you potentially could apply this even if you were, you know, fulfilling a product and shipping it, you know, because what we do is uh, we have a recurring workflow rule that says, um, okay, we got to basically create a task to fulfill this service. So every month we're creating a task to write the blog. Every month we're creating a task to write the social media or get it approved. And so, you know, the when is, is I think like on the first of each month or something like that, because we didn't mention this, but you can also just choose a date, I believe. Um, but then the con- here's the key part that's really cool. The conditions are all based on the services the client is getting. So on our on our account records or our contact records, we have fields set up to say what services the client is or is not getting. So we have a workflow rule set up that says on the first of every month, if the type is client and if services include social media, create the social media task. If services includes blog, create the blog task, right? So, so we're able to create all of these tasks to actually fulfill our service based on conditions and, and, and date and time. So um, I think that's pretty, a pretty neat implementation as well. So hope it someone is. gets some inspiration from that. Do I get credit for any of that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you get credit for all of it. Um, let, so let's, let, let's end with actions. And there, there are a bunch. I'm just going to read them off real quick. And Mike, let's give kind of the 30 seconds for each one, yep. but I'll read them off first. So just to catch up everyone on where we are, there's three tiers to this. There's when does this workflow run? There's what are my conditions? What are the criteria? You know, what records do you get included in this and, and which ones don't based on the fields? And then finally is the, why am I doing it in the first place? What's actually happening? And oftentimes you're going to work backwards when you're thinking about this. You're going to be asking yourself, well, what is it that I actually want to happen, right? Who do I want it to happen to? And then, okay, when? Um, but once you're creating it, you have to, you have to answer it in the chronological order. Um, but there's about seven things it looks like you can do right now. So I'm just going to read them real quick. And then, and then Michael, we can give 20, 30 seconds for each one. Um, but you can have a field be updated. Um, you can have tags added or removed. Uh, there's a notification, there's notify now, which is email or Zoho click, which is Zoho's messaging app. You can have a task be created. You can have an entirely new record be created. And then there's webhook and function, which I'm definitely going to leave to you. But those are the seven things you can do. Let's start from the top. Um, you did miss convert the record for leads that's an option oh and you know what that's because the example i have open is not it's a deal isn't yeah so okay so if you're using uh is it leads or is it deals leads you can convert it so if you're using if you if you're using the leads module then you're also going to have the option to convert the lead automatically all right so let, let's talk about field updates i mean i think this is somewhat straightforward yep. but maybe your two cents an example or two of one comes to mind yep so field updates um predefine what you want to populate on a field on the record or an associated record. Classic example, deal equals closed one, field update on the account that's associated, change account type to customer or client. That's a common example. But of course, date fields, anything else that you can think of, process related, very key. Bear in mind- Real quick on that. So not only could you update a field on the record you're in, you could also do um, 
cross-module population. Records. Yep, cross-module population. So to okay. associated records. I just I just want people not to miss that, right? So I'm I'm updating a deal, but I can now use field updates to update the contact of the account. Which is very key if we're doing like documents down the road and stuff like that, like contracts okay. and stuff. Um, bear in mind, a workflow rule action cannot trigger another workflow rule. So if you're thinking, oh, I can use a field update to make lead status equals contacted, then you've got another workflow rule for when lead status equals contacted, do this, that won't work. A workflow rule does not trigger another workflow rule. But it's wow, even if, it's, even if the succeeding workflow rule is based on when edited? Correct. You'd have to take an action or it has to be on a date time field. Okay, good to know. Um, right. Tags is pretty self-explanatory. Anything you would add there? No, other only just to be very mindful of what you're using tags for because it can get messy pretty quickly. But and yes. you can also remove tags, which I think is really Correct. interesting. Correct. Right? So, it mean, is I very useful. got a situation where you, you, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like, you know, I think we've used tags for like pending cancellations and stuff like that. You know, if... If, if, if you actually do lose that customer or you save that customer, you may want an automation that removes that tag so you don't have to have it. You know? Funny you, you say it's like around offboarding, onboarding, like most commonly tags are used for like marketing purposes, for list management, things like that. And you're the marketing agency, um, but that's where most people yeah, no, you're right. tags. I, I did, this is the first example I thought of, right? I mean, I guess <laughs> what would a good example there be? I mean, maybe, you know, uh, uh, a lead is marked as hot or maybe a lead is yep. marked as unresponsive and they mm-hmm. finally respond. And so you run some sort of automation to take the tag off. Response. Yep. And then that would pro- populate a dynamic list you've got to follow up or something. Yeah. And, or conversely, conversely, we were talking about lead scoring earlier. So if someone's lead score is flying up, you can use that as a when right. on a workflow rule. And then you could, you know, when their lead score flies up, you could have them be marked as a hot lead or something like that. Sure. And, so there's a under notify emails we've talked about a lot internal or external that's basically the nut the, the nuts and bolts of it like send an email automatically with merge tags from the record or associated record um internally or externally um click we've done a whole episode on click and so you can hear about that in that other episode um and how this can then post a message to click if you're using that. For, Pretty awesome to think about though, right? I mean, I mean, you want to, a deal gets closed and you want to announce it to the whole team. You could have yeah. Zoho click do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's very commonly like done for process, like things, especially if there's like a team of people or a handover in a process. Like, so if the yeah. salesperson's handing it over to the account manager, the click notification yeah. will help trigger that. Uh, we, uh, and, we, and, and we use the email notification uh, really mainly internally. I, you know, every time a, a deal gets closed, uh, the, a ma- the manager gets notified and, you know, and they get an email, um, you know, so yeah. if, you know, if, if that customer is going to be assigned to a team member, you potentially could use notify to let them know directly, whether that be by uh, email or, um, or click um, be- because just so everyone knows how this works. When you go in there, um, you, um, you, you have the ability to select people, users for those emails to get sent to. Um, and even better, if you've got a field on like the deal that would be like the rep that that deal is going to get assigned to, then you could even use that field for who gets notified. Um, so sure. I could probably do a whole episode on tasks, but here we go. Like if we're talking about tasks, like if we're yeah. automating it, there's two key, there's two things. We talked a lot about like making sure you've got a follow-up action in the system. One thing we didn't talk about was 
using automated tasks as system generated actions or records to be used for reporting. So it's actually very common to because you're, you're going to have to slow down on that one. <laughs> <laughs> because you can use define the subject line, use merge tags in automated tasks that are created. They can be used as reportable records. So we do commonly use these tasks for like measuring the number of actions that take place. So if we're wanting to track user performance, automated tasks can be useful for that in reporting because you can use the subject line as your query for reports. And so you even just create the task automatically as a completed task, but it's basically just a date time stamp record that you can use for visibility, accountability, and reporting. So that's something as well as the core use, which is having tasks automatically created for the record owner or a specified user to do something on a specified date as it pertains to that. That record. actually does make sense to me, but for the 99% of the rest of us, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, this is, this is the, this is the, the beginner episode for workflow rules. And you're thanks, thanks for keeping me accountable. I got excited myself. Okay, for a minute. I love it. And this is why you should hire Michael, but, what I use this for is to create tasks that have not been completed yet. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of things you can do with it, um, but but the simple the simple version is going to be when you need a task created, whether that's lead follow up, deal follow up. Like I mentioned on the operations side, we we use it to fulfill services. My salesperson uses this to create a task to reach out to. I think every client every six months or every year. Um, so, I mean, there's really no shortage of times that you might want to automate the creation of tasks. Um, Correct. you know, so you could even, uh, use this to, uh, you know, create, like I was talking to someone the other day that, um, like there was a task they needed to do like once a month to look at, um, like, I think it was, they wanted to send out referral gifts. So you could even just create a task that recurs every month just to like, look at all your referrals or something like that. So um, although theoretically you wouldn't even need workflow rules for that, you could just create a recurring task in, uh, in CRM for those. That By don't. the way, I love our 30 second summary for each action. We're really keeping yeah. cells. Right, well, now we're really going to do it right. Cause I know you got to wrap up here in a minute. Uh, we got three more. I mean, create record. I had so, this, is this limited to the module you're in or can it be associated? No, it's actually more commonly used to create a record in another module. Um, so, Leads, there's, people use it for, I'm going to say funky situations. I'm not sure I 100% buy into a lot of them unless there's a real reason behind it. The most common example would be really when an automation is running off of a deal and say we're using another module for a specific part of the process. So for example, we're just dealing with um, a beauty school and they have deals for the onboarding of that prospective student, but they have a whole custom module dedicated to the financial aid element. So when a yeah. deal reaches a certain stage, we want to automatically create a record in that financial aid module to trigger a whole lot of things and to set up that part of the process. Love so it. you can create a record and pre-populate and merge data from the record you're triggering this from. So it's really very powerful. Alrighty, give us give us give us web hooks and functions. Kind of, all. I know they're the most complex, but they're also going to be the least used. So give us a ten thousand foot level. And, 
And the most, and this is the shortest because really the the bird's eye view is this is to go beyond what you can do with any of the predefined actions we've just been spending more time talking about. Right. This is this is like someone. This is like a function would be like something custom that they that you want to see happen, and they would hire someone like you to actually build some code. Correct. So yeah, webhooks typically are to be involving third party or other applications and tools. So send data or get data to this. Tool. Yeah, yeah, like 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 unbounce creates web hooks for certain things. Yep. Okay, right. So so if you have a third party app that gives you a web hook, you could essentially use that web hook here to trigger whatever action that web hook does. Mm-hmm. And then functions is just going to be a completely custom. I mean, can you give us a real quick? Something it's not the most common use of custom functions is to transfer data from one module to another. That's not creating a record, right? So if we're common, let's say accounts and contacts, the most common one is to ensure there's consistency in data between addresses on accounts or contacts. So when you're creating a new contact, we have a custom function that pulls the address, the phone number, and anything else from the account to make sure it's data consistency. You not got it. <laughs> That's the most common example of a right. Custom but those are all those are all custom functions that somebody has to build. Yeah, and to write. And there's oodles of examples. The unfortunate thing is that a lot are outdated. But you'll get an idea of some of the capabilities online with what functions. Awesome. But anything you can't, you scratch your head and think, I can't do this with any of the standard available actions. Custom functions can generally do it. Love nine it. times out of ten. All right, guys. Well, there you go. There's obviously more to talk about, but but hopefully now you have an idea of, of what it means to decide when you want your workflow rule to run, choosing conditions, and then all of the things that you can actually have happen in actions, which is the point of it all. My final piece of advice before we wrap up, and I learned this the hard way, and I wish someone told me, Michael, I'm just kidding, um, <laughs> is at the very top of a workflow rule, you have a section for a description where you can put notes. Use that. You will be surprised how a year later you come back and you're taking 10 minutes to look through your workflow rule to remember what you did in the notes, describe what this workflow rule is for or what the intention of it is, what it's trying to accomplish. This will serve you and your team. Well, if you fill these out Um, and I'm just messing with Michael, I'm pretty sure that the ones that were empty are the ones that we created ourselves. Um, um, But, but anyway, one, one little uh, pro tip there at the end, uh, but anyway, Michael, thanks as always for joining us and, and walking us through workflow rules. Appreciate it. Love it. It's been a very good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Speak to you all soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zoho My Business. Please subscribe and share with others who are using Zoho or who would simply benefit from using software more efficiently in their business. As I continue to Zoho my own businesses, I will share what I learn along the way and help you Zoho yours.